Welcome to the Grace Fellowship Church of Ephrata podcast. Our desire is to help you grow in your journey with Jesus, no matter where you are. For more information, please check out our website at www.gfchurch.net. Hey, it's good to hear what God has been doing in our lives, and we cannot grow accustomed or numb to that. I think uh, we have done a lot better job as a nation really trying to draw attention to this holiday. You've even begun to see even some uh, stores that used to, hey, we're going to open on Thanksgiving Day. You're seeing some back away from that now uh, in order to give us a time of reflection. Through difficult seasons of life, we have to have a Thanksgiving. Reality is, is that church every Sunday can be a Thanksgiving for us if we so choose to make it one. We can celebrate Thanksgiving every week. And too often times we don't. We don't. Uh, I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning just to set us up as we get ready for communion after uh, about bewaring the robbers of Thanksgiving. Uh, several years ago in Pensacola, Florida, there was a church down there, Epps Community Church, and Epps uh, had a very thriving ministry to homeless and people without food in their area, and they would five days a week take meals out. It was just this constant flow, and some of us know churches like that. They have food pantries. They just love to meet the needs of people in their community. And though it was a small church, uh, they were doing multiple, multiple uh, meals a week and having this incredible impact in the Pensacola area. Well, one thing that they would always do is the weekend before Thanksgiving, uh, for those that were in need, they would throw a big Thanksgiving banquet, not the day of Thanksgiving, but they wanted to provide something. So they would always have this massive dinner, and lots of people from the community would come, some of the politicians would come, and so on, and it was just a wonderful ministry until several years ago. Uh, see, the day before the big feast that they were going to throw for Thanksgiving, uh, the pastor decided to go down and check on things, make sure everything was there and so on, and discovered that 10 of their turkeys had all been stolen. A lot of the food had been stolen. Money that had been collected for this meal was stolen. You can imagine how deflated this pastor would be, how discouraged uh, how, you know, now what do you do? How do you announce to everybody we can't have this because all of this is gone? Well, word of mouth spread, obviously, from their church members and the pastor, and it got into the community, and the community knew the good that this church was doing for people and meeting needs and just loving on people. And so they kind of just all of a sudden naturally started to see some people show up at church with gifts, and people started to drop off checks from like 20 to $500 and and people started to drop off food so that the next day they would still somehow be able to have this banquet. Grocery stores began to drop off food. Uh, it was a miracle. And they ended up feeding 5,000 people that day. A feeding of a 5,000. That sounds really familiar. Um, uh, feeding 5,000 people the next day, which was more than they ever had before. But it all took this community seeing the good that they had done to love people like Jesus would. And them being blessed in return for once themselves. They didn't often have this happen. See, uh, the people that stole the turkeys uh, tried to rob Thanksgiving. And that pastor in that moment could have been crushed, defeated, angry. But he chose instead to be thankful. And God blessed it. And the, the sense that the community came and rallied around them. You and I can have robbers of Thanksgiving in our life. 
There are things that will take away from this season and from this attitude beyond this season. And we want to talk a little bit about them. But to set things up, I want to show us a great attitude of thanksgiving. And we're going to look at Psalm 100. It's a massive, massive chapter of five verses. Um, That was meant to be funny. Uh, So, ah, five verses. Okay, let's loosen up. Let's have a great time this morning. We're going to look at Psalm 100 because this is really, really an encouraging psalm. And I know many of the psalms sound familiar. I don't think that's a coincidence. But we're going to start at verses 1 and 2 in Psalm 100. I'm reading out of a different version of what I normally do. It's because we have kids in here, and I love reading out of this one for kids, the New Living Translation. It's really easy to read. It says this, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. What does a shout of joy sound like? There we go. All right, yeah. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth, everyone on the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. When I come in on Sunday, and we're going to see this in a little bit, with an attitude of thanksgiving, do I come in to sing and worship and declare with gladness? Do I come and sing with begrudgingness, with complaint in my heart? Do I come before him with Just flatline, I'm not even thinking about what I'm singing at all. Do I come in with joy? Do I come to shout, to declare joy about my my Savior and my God? I can tell you right there, we can just end. Because there are Sundays I come in, and I'm not going to lie, this morning's been a challenge for me. (laughs) It's been a challenge. That I have the right presence of mind that when I come into the presence of God in this church, that I come with an attitude of rejoicing and shouting for joy. Didn't have a problem cheering for the Eagles beating the Chiefs. Didn't have a problem cheering for the effort of Mounts who lost to the Eagles. Sorry, congratulations to Calico. Um, you have no problem cheering for things like this and shouting for joy. But to come into church... I dare you to do that next week. Because you're going to get the stink eye from people. And that's sad. That's sad. See, here's why this is sad. All throughout Psalms, you even see it all throughout the Bible, that people, when they came to the temple, would do so with gladness in their heart. It was like they were actually happy to be going. Not going because they had to, They took joy in declaring God's goodness. They took joy in being thankful. They came in with a list of reasons to be thankful every week to remind themselves why they were even there to worship to begin with. See, there is a place in church for worship that is exuberant and a place for worship that is reverent. We have gotten lost by this. There are churches that some of us would condemn because they are jubilant and expressive and loud and, oh my goodness, they clap their hands on amazing grace, okay? They are exuberant and we condemn them because it's like it's all about the emotion. On the other hand, some of those churches may look at a church that's more stoic or more reverential. And they'll look at them and they'll condemn them and say, you're just sitting there, it's just religion, you have no heart for God. When reality is, is there's a place for both. 
And we cannot fall in this game of taking one side or the other. Both should be welcome in the house of God. I pray for people who come into our church that are ready to shout for joy every week. I do. And if that scares some of you, don't judge the outward or judge the heart because you don't know what is behind that shout of joy that you hear. You don't know what's behind the thankfulness that you're seeing expressed. We like to judge that they're just being emotional. They're just making a, a, trying to draw attention to themselves. You don't know why that. They are coming in, hopefully with this attitude in verses 1 and 2, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. There needs to be a room for expression. Expression. Worshiping God. Telling him what he is worth. Verse 3 goes on, says this. Not just that. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. I like how this version says this. Most say no, and it uses this Hebrew word yada, which means to know. It's a very generic term for knowing. And the way that the NLT translators actually address this is the meaning acknowledge the Lord. When I worship God, when I thank, when I come up with an attitude of thanksgiving and mention some of these testimonies we heard, I am acknowledging that the Lord is God. I can't do anything without him. None of what I have is mine. God is so good. And I acknowledge when I worship, he is God. He is God. I am not. Thank goodness I'm not God. Okay? He made us. We are his. We are the people, the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. He is the one who oversees us. Thankfulness recognizes God's sovereignty. It acknowledges him. There used to be, you know, I'm dating myself in the 90s because of a movie. Guys, uh, you know, would walk around and somebody would say, well, yeah, you know what? I just shot 50 free throws in a row and I hit all 50. And, you know, their friends would look at them and go, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, and it was sort of this joke to show just I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And that was, you know, humorous in the 90s, you know, the Stone Ages 30 years ago. But you forget that the idea behind that is it's showing that you're not worthy to be in a person's presence. And we, when we come into the presence of God, whether it's in this building or whether it's when we go into the presence of God in our own personal prayer time, having that idea of the magnificence of God that makes us thankful. Do I address him in all of his majesty and his magnificence, his sovereignty? Verse 4 then says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks and praise his name. I once again ask, do we enter purposefully on a Sunday or any time I enter into the presence of God, as I said, even like in our own quiet time, which is entering the presence of God, God's presence is not confined to this building here. When I enter into God's presence, am I coming with a thank you list? If you come to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, which if you're not able to make it all the time, hey, come once a month, it would be great to have you. The thing that we do at prayer meetings, we start with thanks and praise. Because it's so easy for us to run to God with our honeydew list, you know? I, this is what I need, God. This is what I need. This is what I need. This is what they need. This is what I need. And sometimes we forget to put proper perspective of praising God thanking him for all he has already done 
that he's going to continue to do. It puts us in the right frame of worship and thought when we enter into it. When we enter into his presence, into his gates, do I come with a thank you list? And do I take time to reflect before worshiping? I've told you this story before, but my one time that I got to visit Tony Evans Church in Dallas, uh, Texas, one of my favorite pastors and preachers, uh, Tony Evans, when I, we went to this, I'll never forget this older gentleman. Before the service started, they had a countdown like we do up there. This older gentleman, about five minutes left, turned around and then got on his knees in the pew there and began to pray until the service started, preparing his heart. And that man doesn't know who I am, and I didn't even speak to him. But that left a mark in my mind. Parents, I know this is tough for us. We come in here and it's chaos. Uh, if you're serving on a morning, uh, on a Sunday morning, you're thinking about what you have to do. Do we get a few moments to just pray, to get focused, to come in with an attitude of thanksgiving and praise to him? One thing that uh, happens every week, and really all of you are welcome to it, um, a few of us meet in my office 15 minutes before the service. That's why you may not see me or I come in late. We, we meet to pray, to focus us on what God wants to do here every Sunday morning. We pray. And we want that to be our attitude, that we come before the Lord before we even come together as a congregation. Prepare your heart as you enter into his gates. And then verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Our worship and how you worship God, be it through singing and prayer and Bible reading, like it or not, you're teaching our next generation how it's to be done. How we worship, how we sing, our attitude when we sing, our attitude when we come in here, our attitude how we deal with guests here, our attitude, all of that, how we worship God and how we come into his presence is teaching the next generation what we think they should be doing. And maybe that makes some of us uncomfortable because we're like, I don't want them to do that. We can still do something about that. Our worship goes to the next generation. Have you ever shared with a younger person here, and by younger it may be someone in their 40s or whatever, or even 20s, about what God's doing in your life? Or is that just weird? If it's just weird or difficult for you, is it a wonder why they don't know what God's doing and they think God's not doing anything at all? Am I openly sharing and declaring what God is doing for me? What he has done in my life, what he has done in the past? The Lord is good. His love does continue forever, and it will go to the next generation, but it's on us to do something about it. Many of you know one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me is in, found in Judges, and it talks about the fact that a generation died off and that the next generation came up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done because the generation before failed. They failed. They did not teach. They did not set up an example. They did not give it to their kids. And as a result, a generation is rising or arises who walks away. That's on us. That's on me. It's on all of us. So we see a beautiful picture in Psalm 100 of a person and the heart behind worship and thanksgiving. But what steals from that? 
I'm just going to give you a few of these in our, our last few minutes here. What then robs Thanksgiving? You'd think all of us, yes, this is what I want to do. Every Sunday, I want this to be me when I come in to church or when I go to prayer. This is it, Psalm 100. What robs it is a couple things. The first one is this, short-term memory. Short-term memory. We forget what God has done. <laughs> we didn't write it down. We just kind of rolled with it. It's like, cool. Hey, the Lord provided. Yes. Two weeks later, you don't even think about it. Short-term memory. We forget. We forget. I hate that about being a human. And it seems as I'm getting older, I'm a whole ripe age of 48, my memory's not like it used to be, and I don't like that at all. And this unfortunately happens with what God has done in the past. In times of worry, concerning times, I forget God has come through time and time again. Short-term memory. Second thing that robs Thanksgiving, entitlement. Entitlement. God's, you know, you, you view yourself as God's favorite. God likes me best. Therefore, why would he not bless my life? Look at me. I'm amazing. Do you know I do a three-hour quiet time every morning? You know, why would God not give this to me? You become entitled. We don't like entitled people. We hate seeing entitlement because people just kind of expect to get what they have. And how dare you hold that, withhold that from me? When we become entitled, we become less grateful of what God is doing because we just expected it, because we're so wonderful. Uh, third one is distraction. Distraction. We uh, can get distracted on Black and Blue Friday, the next day after Thanksgiving, when everyone's beating each other up over TVs and, and dolls and stuff, I, you know, and it doesn't take long. And we immediately have gone from, man, I'm just so thankful God's been so good to me, to I need a sale and I need it now. Uh, you, you are out the door. And again, this isn't a commentary on spending and whatever. If you went shopping that day, God bless you. I, I'm too tired. So, uh, but the bigger issue with this is, man, we can immediately in the season of Thanksgiving already be on to the next. And again, this is coming from Captain Christmas, okay? One, one month yesterday is Christmas. Yesterday was the 25th, okay? I get it. I love this season. I love the Christmas season. I love what Jesus did. I love the picture of God coming to earth and the incarnation and all of that. That's what's truly at the heart of it for me. But I can't forget what I just spent a month thinking of and being grateful and thankful. Uh, next one, presentism, which I've used this term before. Presentism is I'm so caught up in the now that I forget about the past, which I just talked about, short-term memory, but I also forget about the future. My problems now outweigh what God might do tomorrow. And so I am not thankful and I'm not grateful because do you know what's going on in my life? Do you know how bad things are? You're living in a presentistic mindset now. And you forget that short-term memory. You've forgotten what God has done in the past. You forget that God is working towards his good and the good of those that love him. And what does that look like? God is at work. Presentism. And the last one's discontentment. Discontentment. Uh, you become a critic of everything that you have. And you forget to be thankful because you're not happy with it. It's not good enough. You pray, God, I really need a car. And little did you know that in your mind you had a Toyota in your mind, but the Lord gave you a, a, a Chevy, no offense Chevy people, I'm just using an illustration here, 
and you choose to complain about the fact that God answered your prayer because you got a Chevy instead of the Toyota or whatever, the fancy car, throw it out there, a Lexus, you know, and you're discontent with what he gave you, and so you are no longer thankful. All of these things rob our thanksgiving, and all of these things I can tell you, one time or another in my life, I have struggled with around the thanksgiving season. I think all of us have. We can be aware of the robbers and be on the lookout for them that they do not steal our thankfulness and our joy and our appreciation of what God has done for us. But I do want to challenge you with this as we begin to close up. Um, I want you to, to begin to become faithful at creating memorials. Creating memorials. Uh, one thing that we see throughout Scripture is at times memorials were given or set up Joshua 2 being an illustration where uh, they cross uh, um, um, the Jordan and, and they get to the other side. And, and God tells them, take these stones. And I want you to get these stones and I want you to pile them up. And when you are walking around with your children and they say, what's that? You say, let me tell you what God did for us. Memorials is something we forget in America. We have Memorial Day we're going to do a memorial in a second because communion is a memorial that Christ gives us to remember what he did that we can be thankful and grateful for. We need to become active in creating memorials. And I don't even talk about a statue or a sculpture in your house. Here's what I'm talking about. At the very least, keep a record of what God has done for you. Buy a notebook. <laughs> I, had, I challenged uh, people in the past on this, and there was a lady in our church, she was very artistic, created a thankfulness wall in their house with her kids. They would write things on their wall. For those of you that like a good, clean, orderly house, you're, you're wincing right now. But they would write what God had answered and done for them all over this wall. They wanted it to be prominent. They wanted the kids to know this is something that is active and ongoing. They wanted people to know God is still at work. God is still at work. Find your memorial. Find your memorial. What is that for you? You know, is it a notebook? Is it something bigger than that that you have to remind yourself of what God has done? Whatever it is, do it. Commit to it. And don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with others if they ask what it is or what God has done. Find the opportunities to spread it and to share it. Because otherwise we lose our spirit of thanksgiving because other things will come and rob it at a moment's notice. Let's pray. Then we're going to transition our hearts and our focus towards communion, a, a memorial and a thankfulness time together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you for how you have looked out for us as a church over 70 years and this past year in particular You've been faithful to Grace Fellowship. You've been faithful to each of us individually. You've been faithful in sending 68 uh, boxes off for Operation Christmas Child. You've been faithful in sending a team out to uh, the Dominican Republic. You've been faithful in meeting individual needs here through hardship and difficulty, Lord. You have been faithful. And Lord, forgive us for those things that distract us and take away from it. We ask that you would, in this moment, 
Help us to remember what you have done. Help us to recall things we had forgotten about the greatness of our God. Lord, help us to have that attitude of thanksgiving that we see in Psalm 100 that is ready to just explode when they come into church about, let me tell you what my God is doing in my life, that we could not contain it, and that it would spread on to the next generation. This is our prayer, Lord. We ask all of it in your name. Amen. As we come to the time of communion, as I said, a time of thankfulness in and of itself. I love doing this on Thanksgiving because if you have nothing else going right in your life, if you have had the worst year ever, you're living a Charlie Brown year where anything that can go wrong will go wrong, Murphy's Law, one-on-one, there's one thing that is always right. And that is what Jesus did for you and for me. That he gave his life out of love for you, even while you were his enemy. He laid down his life that you could have salvation. You know, uh, it was interesting, uh, not to put her on the spot, but Patty mentioned something because it's something I've been thinking about this year. Uh, The Lord sort of hit me with a question as I was thinking about thankfulness, and I always try to think differently about things on purpose because it can just become stale. And I thought about what, what difficulty am I thankful for this past year? What trial am I thankful for this past year? That's an uncomfortable question because it seems like trial and difficulty are all something that keep me from being happy and yet they very well may be part of the refining process that God puts us through. And I remember Christ laying his life down for me. Something that was a difficulty that I can be thankful for. This past week as I was reading and preparing for even communion, uh, I read this, uh, John Piper had read this, or talked about this, that when Jesus broke bread uh, and gave it with thanksgiving, the word there is Eucharisto, and uh, that this is a combination of the word for grace and thanks. He saw breaking the bread with the disciples as an act of grace, that he was extending grace to them. And he said, as Jesus prayed, he sort of, uh, John Piper paraphrased exactly what Jesus was getting at in great detail when he said, this is my body offered for you. He said this, Christ was in a sense saying, thank you, Father, that my body symbolized by this bread is about to be brutally broken And I am about to be momentarily condemned by your wrath so that you will receive supreme glory in being able to forgive undeserving sinners such as you and I. And I will share eternally full joy with hundreds of millions of forgiven sinners made righteous through my sacrifice. And I read that and I was like, man, that is beautiful. Uh, we, we sometimes just, we break, you know, here breaking bread in Christ and, uh, you know, and we don't think much about what he was saying. Giving everything for you and for me out of love that we could have a right relationship with God. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can send your prayer requests into prayer at gfchurch.net and we will pray for you. If you like this message, don't forget to subscribe on the podcast app, Google or Spotify. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to seeing you next week.